The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some different ways to think about marketing. Joining us is Matt Edmondson, who is the CEO of Orion Digital, which is a company that offers coaching and consulting for e-commerce businesses. Matt also owns Curious Digital, an experience-based e-commerce platform, and is also the host of the e-commerce podcast. So far this week, Matt and I have talked about what he calls toilet seat marketing, and yesterday we chatted about customer centricity, the idea of thinking about your customer and the overlap of what your company is trying to accomplish. Today, we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about how to scale both your company operations and your company's culture. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Matt Edmondson, the CEO of Orion Digital. Matt, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here again, but thanks for having me. Excited to have you back. Excited to wrap up our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about the notion of sort of finding that central overlap in the middle of the Venn diagram between who your company is, what your values are, who you're targeting, and then the people that you're targeting, what do they actually need? What are their pain points? And my thesis has always been the overlap between who your company, how your company describes itself and what your customers are looking for. That's actually your brand. And so as you start to think about this evolution, look, when you're an early stage startup and you've got one product and you've done your research and figured out who your customers that you're targeting are, often the middle of the Venn diagram is a pretty big portion of those two circles. But as your company gets bigger, it gets more complicated. You know, I think of like when I was at eBay, eBay owned eBay, PayPal, Skype, a bunch of classifieds, part of Craigslist, you know, a couple of apples, three pears, a slice of cheese, <laughs> everything under the sun. It was basically a conglomerate. And so yeah. who your company is and what your culture is, is really complicated. Talk to me about the ways that you go from that sort of beautiful simplicity of when you're just starting out, you know who your customers are, to as your company evolve, how do you scale not only your operations, but also the company culture as well? You know, like I mentioned yesterday, I have sort of spent many years in the beauty industry. I could tell based on the video, Matt. <laughs> I appreciate that. If there's one industry where there is a massive disconnect, or at least there was, it's starting to change slowly, but a massive disconnect between what the company said their values were and what they actually are, it was the beauty industry. You had companies that own one brand over here that I'll mention the brand name. In the UK, we had Dove, you know, the campaign for real beauty, real women, very much 
on trend as a message, you know, celebrate who you are, et cetera, et cetera. Same company that owned Dove owned a brand called Lynx. And I think in the States they're called Axe. Well, their whole advertising campaign was the complete opposite of Dove. I mean, in the Lynx adverts, you'd have a guy who would spray himself with Lynx deodorant and women just would literally fall down at his feet as he walked down the street. It never works that way, just for the record. Never, ever worked at all. But the message that both those adverts gave were complete opposites to each other. One was valuing women, one was degrading women, one was saying, you know, we could debate this all night anyway. But they were both owned by Unilever. So you've got Unilever giving two different messages in its advertising because it's a conglomerate and it's trying to hit two different markets. So I think for me, as we grew and as our brands grew, the thing that I wanted to make sure was that we understood our core values and we didn't deviate from them. So I remember very, very early on in my life as an entrepreneur, we just started our little web design agency. We had no money. I had my first child. We've all got these stories when we start our own little business. And a guy came to me and said, listen, Matt, I need a website. I've got a pretty big budget. Can you write it for me? And you think, hey, man, all my prayers have been answered at once. Yes, you're in the ATM phase. Anything for money. Yeah, I'm like, that's right. I'm here, bud. And then he, I said, what kind of website do you want? He said, I want a porn website. And my personal brand values were like, I cannot do this at all. My wife some friends were very much into the human trafficking messaging at the time. We knew the links between that and the porn industry. I'm like, there is just no way for me I can get involved in that. And that was a hard decision to make when you've got to feed your kid, right? That's just been born. But that taught me very early on, listen, you have your values. And if you are running your business right, your business should stick to the values which you hold dear. And as soon as you feel yourself deviating from them, as soon as you think you're starting to go down a road, I think it becomes a soul searching moment without getting too heavy. It's just like, what do I want here? Do I want more money or do I want to stay true to my values? And I think it's in that moment you actually find out who you really are as a person. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. There's a marketing aspect and there's a personal aspect to this conversation. And I appreciate everything you're saying. I had a similar experience and mine was more payday loans. Okay. Right. I'm starting out a consulting practice and somebody comes to me with a $25,000 budget and says, how do we get more people without money to give them loans that are basically going to cost them a lot of money? And they don't really know how this all works out. I'm like, I don't really want to be in that business, but I kind of want the paycheck and ended up saying no. And what do you know? Another project was around the corner. And, I'm, you know, it's not always that simple for everyone. There is a moral decision about how much do you want to scale your company and who are you as a person or who is your organization as a group of people? What do you want to be in? Then you run into the problem. You mentioned like Unilever owning Axe Body Spray and Dove, where there are business decisions and your message and your targeting is different based on the different types of customers. I don't have a problem with Unilever owning Axe and Dove. And I understand that there is a market of 20-somethings that want very heavy cologne that they think is going to help them attract women because that's just what bros are like in their 20s. Now, look, should the message be degrading, we can debate that all day long. But reality is that's what is attractive to 20-something-year-old men who are looking to not smell like they are still at the gym. And look, 30 to 50-year-old women have a different message, and they want something softer and to be appreciated for who they are and their internal and external beauty. Those are two different messages. Those are two different consumers. The marketing message should be fine. Unilever, as a brand, creates health and beauty products for everybody. And that's probably their core values is that we want to serve all people, no matter what their life looks like or what stage of their life they're in. And that's how you get Axe and Dove owned by the same company. So when you're going through this process and you're going through scale, how do you figure out what is, well, we're tackling another segment and it's different and it's a different message, even if it's contrasting and, hey, we're bending ourselves morally. That's the decision everybody has to make, isn't it? I think, you know, when you're starting to bend yourself morally, normally for me, I know if there is any moral form of bending to happen, my wife is going to tell me, right? That's the bottom line. My wife, my voice of conscience is going to be very clear. You are not doing that under any circumstances. Okay, babe, thanks. Appreciate that. But in terms of scaling in different markets and testing out different things, I think, again, I would, what was the phrase you used yesterday? Respectfully disagree. I actually have an issue with Unilever doing two very different messages like that. Not because I think they have an issue going to different segments, but because I think the values behind that marketing messages are the complete opposite to each other. On one hand, it's like, hey, we're pro women over here. But on the other hand, we're completely not. And in fact, in the UK, they've changed their links advertising. So I'm talking about something that happened probably five to 10 years ago. They have moved on. This is funny because I actually said to my moral compass, my wife, <laughs> that there was an Axe body spray commercial that came on the other day. And it wasn't the I sprayed myself and beautiful women are falling from the sky at my feet. It was, I sprayed myself and I was able to go from the gym to my dates or, or whatever it was. It was a little bit of a mm -hmm. softer message in terms of how men think about why they're trying to take care of themselves and their odor. 
And I looked at my wife and said, you know, this is interesting from a marketing perspective. My guess is that Axe Body Spray is changing the tone of their message because the guy that was 15 to 20 years old that they were marketing to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is now 25 to 30 years old. Yeah. And he's thinking about something different because he's a different guy. We all grow up and now they get a different message. The same thing has happened with GoDaddy as a brand. Mm -hmm. Beautiful women in bikinis and you can start a website because all everybody that builds websites are dudes that are nerds, (laughs) right? Or uh, Old Spice obviously has changed their tune a little bit as well. Yeah. So how do you think about evolving as a brand like Axe Body Spray? I think it's great that they have. And I think it's great that they are changing their messaging to suit consumer demands. And I have to be honest with you, Ben, this started to concern me more when I had a daughter. And it's funny how my perspective on the world changed about the beauty of the industry when I had a daughter. And once that happened, and I started to see life toilet seat thinking again through her eyes, a lot more than I was doing things started to change then. So I'm grateful that these campaigns and stuff have moved on. I think I would have struggled to do both the campaign for Real Beauty and the Lynx ads because the value set that I had. For me, that's the key thing with scaling. Understand what your value sets are. If your value set is actually, I'm here to maximize profit and I don't really care about the different marketing messages, then have at it. You know, that's your choice. You can do that. But for me personally, understanding who I am, the values that I have, is great guidance when we're going to scale. And it's not just about the marketing messages, it's about how I treat staff. We sold our company, our beauty website this year. And one of the big things for me in terms of selling that was what happens with our team, what happens with our employees. That for me was a big deal. More because my wife would ask me, that would be the first question every night when I come home, what's happening with the staff? What's happening with the team? And I had to be able to answer that question. So It's your customers, it's your stuff. But again, understanding the values, I think, is super critical. I think the moral of the story here is when you're thinking about scale, there's operational complexities. Often you have to expand your target market. But from a sort of heart and soul perspective, from a moral perspective, when you're going through scale, you also need to think about what that does to the people in the organization, who you're targeting, and make sure that you're staying in line with what you truly believe. One of the biggest problems with scale is often it stretches your company culture, right? We started as a small team and we did everything ourselves and everything was done in-house and we scaled and we had to bring on agencies and subcontractors and freelancers and we lost a little control and now all of a sudden things feel a little different. We had to expand from this core audience that we serve to this broader audience. And so we were a little less relevant than that hurts our target market. Or, hey, we had to expand beyond the message that women are wonderful and beautiful and should be empowered to be themselves into targeting 20-something-year-old men and what's the way that we can sell products to them, but also not denigrate the marketing message that we already had. It's a complicated topic, and fundamentally, it's a decision that every business owner, every marketer needs to make for themselves of, you know, when you're thinking about how do you scale, there's also the question of what is the impact of scaling, not only on your bottom line, but on your business and the people that you're marketing to. Yeah. And again, coming back to the beauty industry, we saw this a few years ago. So the beauty industry is a huge billion dollar industry. I mean, it's just colossal amounts of money and the margins are insanely high. So you can see why people want to expand in that, but it became quite saturated. So how do we grow further? 
Well, all of a sudden, China starts to become an emerging market, and a lot of people in China want Western brands. So a lot of the key beauty brands then started to sell in China. So you had brands who, to the customers in the states, were saying, "We are against animal cruelty." Right. So this was a big marketing proposition. This was their story. We we don't do we don't test on animals. And I remember when that became a big deal. But here's the thing: to sell product in China, to sell cosmetics. You had to have that product tested on animals, otherwise you couldn't sell it within Chinese borders. And so, on one hand, you've got a company in the states saying, "Well, we don't test on animals," but if you dug a little bit below the surface, they did, but only to products they sold in China. So here comes that scale issue again. And so, customers found out about this because of the age of the internet, and they started to kick off. So, what the brands then started to do was say, "Well, no, we don't do animal testing on the products that you buy." They had started to twist and change their message a little bit, and it backfired. And so, a lot of the brands then had to make a choice: do we sell in China or do we not? Because we can't be against animal cruelty, we can't be against animal testing, and do both these things because the internet now is making data so readily available. And that became a real, real challenge for the beauty industry scaling. But again, it came down to values. There's always challenges with scale, and often there's a moral challenge as well. Matt, I appreciate that you came on the show and walked us through some of the challenges that you faced in scaling your business and talking about your view of some of the challenges that marketers can face and learn from. Thank you for coming on and being my guest. Ah,、oh, it's been great. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. All right, and that wraps up this episode of the Martech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Matt Edmondson, CEO of Orion Digital. If you'd like to get in touch with Matt, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Matt Edmondson. That's M A T T E D M U N D S O N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Orion Digital. I'll spell that out. It's A U R I O N Digital dot com. Just one more link in our show notes. I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to MartechPod dot com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod M A R T E C H P O D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J Shap B E N J S H A P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the Martech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.